It's happy hour again from the Collins Hotel in Uptown New Orleans. Hi, I'm Grant Morris. We're live on St. Charles Avenue. The Collins Hotel is a great place to come and stay if you're coming to New Orleans. If you're already here, come down and have a drink with us anytime or with your own friends on the beautiful balcony overlooking the beautiful wide avenue as the streetcar rattles past. My special guests on Happy Hour today are Chad Ham, Skylar Hoffman, Kristen Bradford and Daryl Pochet, who are collectively known as Enharmonic Souls. And on the piano, as always, the world's most fantastic piano player, Mitchell with an L, Foreman. Oh, very nice. I was wondering for that last note, what happened to the very final Uh, note, Mitchie? Not bad for five lessons. You needed Ah, that, huh? That was pretty good after five lessons. Not bad. Mitch, how are you today? Uh, Very well, very well. What's happening? How are you liking it? Uh, How am I liking it? Yeah, so far. (laughs) Uh, So far, I think the show is off to a real great start. What are you you doing? You sound good today. (laughs) I've been doing my vocal warm-ups all morning. Mm Mm-hmm. Afternoon Kristen, do you exactly. have to do, we, do warm-ups? Kristen, Kristen, we did them together. You want to do it together me, right my, now? Yeah. Want to say me? Me, 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 Did you learn to sing, Kristen, or did, did it I just come naturally? Well, um, I was born, and I well, learned okay. to walk and talk, <laughs> yeah. and I was always singing. But um, if you meant that I train, was I trained? I was. Okay. Yes. It's, the, it's not like a courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can just answer it in a sort of I'm simple answer. answer. Can simple I hear answer. that? Yeah. Can someone Although read that? Although two lawyers are present. You two, <laughs> now you two guys are both lawyers. Yes. It was. Chad I don't and practice Skyler. Any longer, yes. So doesn't this sound like an episode of Melrose Place? Skylar, <laughs> Chad, Daryl, and Kristen. And everyone's name is spelt weird. Yeah. Kristen is C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N. Daryl is D-A-R-E-L. What kind of a spelling is that? Connects my dad. I will ask him, where is he? <laughs> not here. He's not here. Where is he? Where are you from? Come on uh, in so I, can, so I can see you. You are Chalmette, Louisiana. You're from Chalmette, Louisiana. So and speak, how yes. flooded out was you? Come right in because I'm, I'm, you make me uh, nervous. So. Okay. How, uh, how flooded out was your house in the hurricane? Uh, completely. And what happened wow. to, the, to it after? I don't know. I guess it got bulldozed. Really? Your family home? That's where you grew up? No, this is an apartment I lived in after. But your parents are still in Yes, my parents' house was gone also. So where are they living now? They are not. Mm. They're not living at all? No. They died since Katrina or in Katrina? Since, actually. Both of them. Good heavens. Well, we got off on a good foot. (laughs) Happy start. Yeah, that's fantastic. (laughs) Great news. How did they... Did they die together or individually? No. uh, uh, Epileptic seizure from my mom. Yeah. Wow. Was she an epileptic before? Yes. Okay. In her sleep, supposedly. Not okay. really sure about that. And my dad had uh, COPD, almost the lung cancer, but not quite. Was he a big smoker? Uh, yeah. And they died within, within a year of each other? Uh, about a year and a half. That's pretty uh, common, apparently. Yeah. That couples married have been couples. together. Yeah. Were they married a long time? Uh, they weren't married at the time, but uh, yeah. They Still together. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Weird situation. Well, and how old are you? 27. So that's pretty young for your parents to both be dead. Yeah. And they didn't even leave your house in Chalmette because it got flooded by <laughs> That's right. So, we, so you're still living in Chalmette? Yes. Back to, back to a happier subject. 
and working in a lumberyard. Uh, that's not <laughs> There's the piano. <laughs> oh, thanks. Hey, welcome to Happy Hour. And you're working in a lumberyard, Dale. Yes. And, uh, and you're a guitar player and a drummer. Uh, yes. I'm going to flip over all the cards now. And are you single? No. You're not? Sorry, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> who, are, who are you married to? Or, I'm or dating a, a girl named Linda. Yeah. Shout Going out well. to Linda. <laughs> and she's happy about that? I hope so. Okay. Is that a serious situation? Yes. Absolutely. You well, better say that. She might be nice. listening. <laughs> that's very nice. Okay. Now, Chad was married for a long time, weren't you? No, I wasn't. Never. <laughs> Come on, Chad, go Some along. For the What's, yeah, look at my page of <laughs> research. I'm sorry, hold the script up a little higher. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start that in. So, Chad was married for a long time, weren't you, Chad? Say yes now? Or? Yes. <laughs> Actually, you, no, I was not. I thought you were married. I thought you had a family. I have a son. He's 21. Okay. And... Uh, you did that without getting married. Yes. Now, see, Scarlett's looking at you like... 21. Yes, I do. I know. He looks young, doesn't he? Well, something, yeah. What's wrong? Something's yeah, wrong. No, it's just like, well, I was kind of comparing, you know, the two. We got 27 and however. Yeah, 47. Chad, <laughs> Chad could be... How old I'm are you, Chad? I'll be 47 this year. 47? Wow. Yeah, what's the secret to looking so youthful? I'm going to take a photo Not of getting you. married. <laughs> Not getting married. Not being married. <laughs> <laughs> how did you get to have a son without uh, having to get married about that? Um, hey, good well, I do it. What is this show rated? <laughs> <laughs> you can do it any way you want. It can be edited out. No, I uh, I blessed to have a son it, it, in the usual way as well. So you had it the traditional method. <laughs> yes, sexual intercourse. Is that sex? Followed yeah. by yes. <laughs> well, I was I was hoping that was going to be the answer. Otherwise, <laughs> yes. we'd be going down another no bad road. Yes. So that. what? You didn't get married to the. Woman who you impregnated, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I no. assume it was a woman, just just right. clear oh, that yes. we, we were great friends, still are. Uh, she's right. since married. Uh, she's Some, someone more reliable? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who did she marry? A great guy. He's a good, good, good friend, good stepfather to my son. So. Right. And what was wrong with you that she didn't marry you? Well, we, were, we weren't in love. It wasn't uh, the right thing for the two of us. Hello. So Just a fun You thing. have like a Bruce Willis, Demi Moore, <laughs> Ashton Kutcher kind of situation happening. I, I, I'm more Ashton Kutcher. Oh, yeah. of course. Naturally. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, Demi, I never hear anyone say Bruce Willis and Demi Moore anymore. Well, that's they, like back they in were the together yeah. and they split up amicably. Yeah. And now she's with Ashton. Oh, I see. But everybody gets along. Okay, yeah. but that's, that's not quite. That, well, that's kind of almost Chad's situation, except he's not yes. with Ashton Not Kutcher. a wealthy right. celebrity. So. Right. Yeah. Well, he might be wealthy. Well, that's true. <laughs> he's he is an attorney. He's a celebrity, <laughs> and he was in the paper. Hey. The Times picked you into the story about you. Yes. Well, not about me. No. The story was about uh, the seminarians that have entered this, this academic year, and it was one of the largest classes they've had in about 20 years, I believe. Jesus wow, is so. back in. So Chad's, <laughs> Chad's story, just to you know, be brief about it, is that he was uh, not married, mm-hmm. but had a, a family yes. and a career as an attorney, yes. which we'll get to in a minute, and gave it all up this year to become a, a priest. Well, to enter seminary. You know, it's going to be a four- to six-year process. To, and you why, get to the, why four to six? What is the, whether you drop out or fail or something? Well, no. We, we, you'll, you take philosophy, Latin. Theology, uh, I mean, it's a full curriculum. It's a graduate course study, doctorate program as well. Really? So it's an academic, human, and spiritual formation process. So it, it takes some time. Wow. So you stu- what, what are you studying today, for example? What classes did you do today? This morning I had uh, philosophical anthropology and the history of philosophy. So we're doing uh, right now the Greek 
pre-Socratic philosophers. Uh, tomorrow will be oh. Old Te- uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church, Old Testament theology. Uh, law school was a good prep for yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> law That's school was not as much yeah. reading. What law school did you go to? Uh, LSU in back. Law school was not as much reading? No. Wow. No, it's a great deal. Law of school study. was pretty bad yeah. for you, Skylar. Oh, it law school's hell. Hell? Really? <laughs> is it? it? Is. Especially the re- I, oh, yeah. The first year is the worst. I mean, because mm-hmm. the first year is basically set up to get as many people out as they can. How to weed them out. And, yeah. Well, they so don't do a very good like, job of that. There's thousands of them. <laughs> we were still there after. Well, you know, it's that balance. They've got to keep enough in to pay for the school. But Good point. Most of these lawyers don't seem to be like uh, over and with intelligence, though, do they? <laughs> No, President, you take that one. Uh, <laughs> President, <laughs> come accept that. I mean, come on. There's a lot of dopey people you think, well, I guess they went to law school because they didn't have the, anything else to do. The saying when I was in law school was the A students become, let's see, how'd it go? The A students become professors, professors the B students become judges, the C students make all the money. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably some truth to that. Yeah, Once you actually. get a truth going. to that. You know, they're yeah, That's what I you love, need. That's really going to set it off. I love the commercials here. They're yeah. hysterical. So where did you come from, Scott? Um, I went to law school in California and then moved up to Washington State, to Seattle, and that's where I practiced law. For in Seattle? Years, in Seattle. So that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a very groovy part of the country, right? S- Seattle's a great place. I love the Pacific Northwest. Excellent what sort of law were you practicing there? Um, so had my own practice for a couple of years doing family law, which is what a lot of new attorneys start out in if they're on their own because it's out there and easy to do and you just kind of, a lot of it's very prescribed. What does so. it mean as the American family falls apart? There's a lot of oh, yeah. legal yeah. tidying. And of course, as a, as, a, as a new attorney, you get all the best cases, of course, you know. So, well, um, the good stuff. Lord. Yeah. What sort of stuff is a family uh, attorney? Divorces, do? child custody, you know social kinds of things and all of that, um, but primarily divorces. So that's a pretty lucrative business, I would it think. Can I mean, be. there's tons of it, it going on. It can be. Yeah, it is can it, be, but it, it's horrible. It I mean, it's, it's, it's sorted. <laughs> if you have any sense of compassion, it's a horrible area of law to work in. Because you're assisting people be mean to because the other Because situations person. are so bad, yeah. Right. Yeah, I dealt with cases like? that were so bad. Did you, do you, I mean, most people talk about when they go to the lawyer when they're getting divorced and the lawyer makes them do all sorts of horrible stuff. Like you have to hate this guy even if you don't really hate him. Or you have to hate um, this one if you don't really hate her. No, I didn't. I, I mean, in my experiences, it wasn't so much, you know, the attorneys or other attorneys, but just, and again, because of, I was new and the types of clients that I was getting, the situations were just so bad between the clients that it, I mean, the attorneys end up kind of almost babysitting and trying to bring some kind of, of, of sense and um, wellness to a situation. And that's why it was so hard for me. I, I too, too emotional a person for that kind You're of You're too law. sensitive for divorce. It was. Oh, it was awful. It was awful. Yeah. But you didn't so, go into the seminary, though. No. <laughs> no. No, I didn't. I quite the opposite direction, actually. <laughs> okay. What uh, what direction was that? Hell. <laughs> now, that law school was hell. We've already been to hell. Well, so, no, you know, no. Went into kind of corporate law, which is um, uh, worked for a number of years for a law firm in in Seattle, mostly in in pretrial discovery work. But well, that sounds even duller. Um, no, actually, it was quite fun because we we did a lot of the 
document review and preparation for cases. So we were reading through people's emails, looking through all their documents, you know, looking for anything that was relevant to the to the case that was going on. What so, sort of cases? Are you trying to screw people or are you trying to get along? No, no, no. It, I worked for a firm that represented a big technology company. And I started with them about the time. Are we allowed to know the name of it? People Microsoft? were starting. <laughs> you can say it, sure. Um, was it Microsoft? It was about the time. It was about the time <laughs> wow, that that's everybody started jumping on that bandwagon of suing them. So it was actually supposed to be just a four to six week contract period, and I ended up doing that for four years. How exciting! So you were defending Microsoft against. Everybody in the world who hated well, no, them. That I, was can't, the hype. I can't say I was defending. Well, you were one of the people who were defending Microsoft against everyone who hated Microsoft at that time. For some reason, Bill Gates was the enemy number one oh, yeah. for yeah, a while. Yeah, very much Why so. Why was very that? Very much so. Um, well, I, I think um, it, was, it was just when technology things were really starting to explode. And they already had such so much going on. And because of their size and the amount of capital they had, they were able to do a lot of things that other other companies couldn't. Um, so there was a lot of feeling, there was a lot of um, stifling of innovation and things like that. And you know, if somebody tried to do something that countered that, they'd crush them. Blah 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 blah. Um, well, so bought, so bought, once yeah. it started, once it started, you know. Um, it just kind of became a bandwagon that everybody started jumping on. So, did you get, get any Microsoft stock at the time? No, <laughs> that's a damn shame, isn't it? Really? <laughs> no, but several several of the contract attorneys ended up shifting over to Microsoft. They did. So, so. See, Facebook is in the same position today, don't you think? Facebook Similar. is this giant monolith that seems to be controlling the way everything's going. And yet, and and today, and this week, they did some imperious thing where they changed the way your people, your friends, are grouped now. Apparently, mm-hmm. without you deciding that, they decide that for you. And yet, you don't hear people saying what they used to say about Bill Gates as an asshole and this and that. And no one no, says no, anything I think about they that. They say that about Zuckerman. I mean, you know, especially once the movie came out, um, there was a lot of you know bad. And of course, the, the yeah, twin but, brothers. Well, that, like if the idea was actually his, or was it stolen, or yeah, but that's the genesis you know, of just, the thing. Just the way they operate. You know the way Zuckerman is, and the way the whole. But that was the operates. genesis of the company. I'm mean, talking about the day-to-day operation. Like, yeah. Like you know, they do this imperious change of on Facebook. They, every, Facebook seems to change every couple of days. The way they do. Well, that. the thing. The right. No thing one complains the, about. Well, but it's, it's kind I, of a different time in technology <laughs> because technology changes on the fly. Yeah. Whereas back in you know Microsoft's heyday, you know you spent months, years developing the technology and then rolling it out and all of that. And it's a much different situation now where you can, you know, the I, I think the 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 time to somebody's creating code and doing things to actually put it into place, it can be almost real time. So that yeah, they can make daily changes like that and But defending Microsoft put it into, and Bill Gates must have been fun. <laughs> Must have been interesting to get on the inside of Microsoft to know what, <laughs> um, what was going yeah, on. Yeah, no, it was... Did you like meet Bill? Say, we, um, not through that work, but he used to hang out at Bimbo's Bitch and Burritos right around the corner from where <laughs> I lived. So he and Belinda would be in there every once in a while. It was kind of fun. That Bill Gates and his wife would eat at Bimbo's, Bimbo's Bitch and Burritos. Bimbo's Bitch and Burritos, right. Yep, on Capitol what Hill. Did he, what did he eat there? I, I don't know. I didn't The I didn't, Super uh, Grande? Ask, but... He definitely was out of place. You know, he, Did he? he was a nerd. Well, he was That's a nerd. Funny. Yeah, you know. Hey, listen, let's move along. Just <laughs> fuss for one minute. Well, I want to get out of Jesus in a minute. Okay. Chad, if it's okay. <laughs> but first of all, rock and roll. 
Yes. Let's, ha let's listen to a song sure. from the Enharmonic Souls sure. collection. Yes. I'd love to. I mean, one thing I hate about uh, talking to musicians is when people ask them, where would you get the name? Because it's yeah. like the stupidest question, right? Agreed? Um, sometimes. I mean, we, we actually kind of have... A good story. Do you have a good oh. story? Woohoo! Not like a, <laughs> a crazy, amazing story, but okay. I was writing a song and uh, was going through the dictionary as I do sometimes just to like come stumble across new words and I came across the word enharmonic and I was like, oh yeah, duh. An enharmonic note is a note that has um, the same pitch but two different names. So like an F sharp is also a G flat. Ah, that that's kind of called thing. enharmonic. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, I had the thought enharmonic souls. Like we're all the same but we're all different, you know? Okay, well for once that's a good question. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's a good answer, at least, I should oh, say. Oh, well, thank you. That's but, a pretty so good name. So it from that, and I, I, had, I wanted to write a song about it, about inharmonic souls, or use it in a, a line, and it just hit me that, no, that should be Why waste it on a song when you can have yeah. it for, for life? Yeah. That's a really great story. Why, thank you. So what song are you going to play for us? The, um, we're going to play song? a song called um, Peace With Myself, which is actually the song I wrote that made me feel like I was going to write an album. Um, okay. Daryl's actually our drummer, but our guitarist couldn't make it today, so... What's the guitarist doing that he couldn't make it? He's in school, so he had Sensible. class. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, he had class, and I was like, but you can't leave class 15 you, minutes. You gotta really? have a fallback. You, you gotta have yeah, a fallback. Yeah, you gotta do something. Well, Daryl's work, working in a lumberyard. Mm -hmm. And you got off work to come and do this? No, uh, well, sort of. I got off work to go to a recording studio earlier before this. And what time do you start work down there at the Yum Lumber? 7. 7 a.m. What do you do? Stack lumber or cut it or what? Sometimes, mostly shipping, receiving. Oh, so you're in the office? Sometimes, Oh, yeah. thank God. That's why you have all your fingers. <laughs> Surprisingly. <laughs> Good I'm kind of in and out, you know, a little bit of both. Okay. Shall I just stop talking and let you play it? <laughs> Peace with myself, this life. 
knuckles. Just one last touch, just one last taste. Hold me close, read my thoughts, then back to your games. Making peace with myself ain't the easiest thing to do. Making peace with myself, God. Indeed. We're all the same, but we're all different. We are. And did you uh, make peace with yourself after that? Uh, I'm continuing to. We have to. It's a daily process. I don't think you ever get to a place where you're like, I'm just completely at peace with every single thing in my life. But you work at it. You strive for it. You fight for it. Are you at war with yourself over something? Not, Not with myself over anything. But I think the problem's normally, typically always with us. And you got to fix you first before you can really worry about all of the extracurricular things that are happening around you. It starts with you, I think. And it's working? I think so. Did the song help? It did help. Pretty, Absolutely. Pretty amazing Absolutely. when you're sitting there singing that. Did you guys notice that, that you didn't close your... I see a lot of people... We have a lot of musicians on this show, and mm-hmm. often it's very close quarters. If you're not... You know, if you're just listening to this, you don't perhaps realize how close we are to each other. Mm-hmm. We're looking right across this very small table at each other. It's quite... An unnerving thing to do is sit there and just start singing in front of everybody, isn't it? In the it's actually of an... a lot harder in this situation than it is to sing in front of thousands of people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've noticed absolutely. that because cause we're talking to you and then we're all just talking about nonsense and we just sit here and then you have to suddenly perform. Right. And often people I, th- I find that I watch them from mm-hmm. here, they're closing their eyes so that they sort of don't have to see us staring at them. Right. <laughs> but you didn't. 
No, I was just kind of like letting my eyes wander around. What are you looking yeah. at? Are you looking just, at? I was looking outside. The beautiful wallpaper. The beautiful <laughs> decor of the columns. Yeah, just. And that was a song that changed your life. Um, it absolutely did because I was writing songs in my room to myself after Katrina, and I didn't even necessarily know I was a songwriter, but I was, and um, was just you know, I guess twenty. 22, 23 at the time, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and uh, wrote that song actually in Cutoff, Louisiana. Um, <laughs> randomly, yeah. I was in Cutoff, came home from a trip where I was hanging actually with my guitarist out there, came home and just had this song. And like I said, after what? I wrote that song, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I can write an album. Maybe I can have an album. Were you in a band at the time? Actually, at the time, we had, my guitarist and I, Eric Green, had started writing together a little bit. The first time we hung out, we wrote a song. And I'd also been writing with another friend of mine, this guy, Jason Butler. Um, so I, had, I didn't have a band yet. This, this is before, I think, we even had the name In Harmonic Souls that I wrote this song. You had the dictionary. I had the dictionary. <laughs> okay. And I had a notebook that I wrote down all of my songs in, like, in in my room when I'd write a song I'd be like when it's a real song it goes in the specific notebook and after was it did you call them songs or did you call it poetry um, I called them songs so yeah. you were kind of a songwriter in your own mind you just didn't have the courage to tell anybody about it oh I was to- I was terrified to let anybody hear it it's so personal it's, it's a part of your soul you feel like you're exposing to someone so yeah I, I didn't want people to know but what the, what made you what gave you the courage to, to you know what do that having other people in my life make me feel like I could do it. My guitarist, Eric, being like, that doesn't suck. Let me hear something else. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah. So great, I guess You have a great quality, your voice, and oh, some of the little you. flips you do are really cool. I appreciate yes. that a lot. Very nice. Thank you. Now, Chad has gone on to make peace with himself to some extent. <laughs> have you? Yep. Well, like you Jesus. say, it's an everyday process. <laughs> but Chad, what, what's propelled you toward Jesus? Oh, I've always been involved in my church. I've always been religious in the sense that as a, a Christian, I, I'm a, originally a Southern Baptist. I converted to Catholicism. Me too. Wow. Yes. You're yeah. a Southern Baptist as well, Southern Christian? Baptist. What does that exactly wow. mean, you two it Southern Baptists? you're not going to dance, <laughs> and it means wow. you're certainly not going to have sex. You're not going to say curse words. There's a lot of... You're not going to have sex? No, outside not, of marriage. Not out, yeah, you can oh. do it once you're married. Wow. I, grew up, I grew up as a Nazarene, Church of the Nazarene, which is oh, a very conservative, fundamental... Somewhat similar to to um, Southern Baptists, but yeah, it was when I was growing up, it was all about what you couldn't do. And, yeah, you know, yeah. What, a lot of what do the Nazarenes believe in not doing? It was an offshoot sex, of the Methodist Church. Oh, not doing? Yeah, well, yeah, of course, the no sex before marriage. Um, Why are they so down? Not on reading this? newspapers or watching television on Sunday. It's no dancing. Yeah. No movies. No, no theater. No, in fact, my my no siblings. I'm I'm the youngest in my family, and my siblings were really upset when my mom took me to see a children's theater production of the king's new clothes because they were never allowed to go to a theater. They I said, by the time <laughs> you came along, they'd sort of given That's up on the yeah, whole I think so. Nazarene PS. <laughs> so, Chad, do you have, is, is there a bunch of rules? I mean, you gave up being a Southern Baptist. Why, yes. did, why did you give that up? I, you know, I was called to the Catholic Church. I felt like it at, at a young age, and I finally was confirmed in 1999, so I was a, like however old I was then, I was an adult by then. Yeah, but yeah for me, it was, it was a calling to something, not it being pushed away from anything. So my experience, is, is, at least within the Catholic Church, was different. And uh, never, 
I mean, there obviously are, are rules and codes of behavior that, that well, you... Well, talk about not having sex. <laughs> Why don't we start with, if you're going to be a priest for the rest of your yes. life, you must have considered that for a minute or two. You know, it's... Um, Again, this is also why it's a discerning process. Obviously, in 20 years ago, it was a different time and a different oh. idea in my mind, and, and uh, you know, to today, where it's actually for me a liberating process. It, it, it's interesting to me yeah. that you know, having grown up in a denomination that started in the United States, that you know, Catholicism—they're they're the original Christians, you know—and it's there's a, there's really some amazing stuff in Catholicism. I mean, my partner's Catholic, and you know, just he's talked about how they, you know, going to going to Catholic school and all the things, how they teach you to, you know, examine things and look at things, and it's just it's. Is he a practicing Catholic still? No, no. So, but does that mean you are you still a Catholic if you're not practicing? Oh, I think so. It's oh, kind of every- like law. We're practicing all <laughs> yeah. the time. Everyone in New Orleans is a Catholic. Yeah, we, yeah. My family lived in Birmingham for a while when I was younger, and I was in grade school, and I went to school one day, and because I was raised so heavily in the church, I asked one of my fellow classmates what religion they were, and they said Catholic, and I went home and I'm like, what is a Catholic? Because in Birmingham, it's the Bible Belt, but it's all like Baptist and other religions. I didn't know what a Catholic was until I moved here, and then everyone was Catholic. How so. old were you before you met a Catholic? Um, <laughs> I was probably like eight. What about the rest of the other? Did you meet any Jews or um, Muslims? or? Yeah, I probably hadn't even really been exposed to anything right. other than the Baptist church. Jeez, and, and there's still people in Birmingham who are still living there, right. correct, right? Oh, yeah, sure. So probably feel the same way. They're in the same boat. They never changed. Right. They never met a Catholic. Probably not. And you wonder why we get the politicians in the, the country that we get. So, Chad, you're saying, I mean, we might as well get this out of the way now because I'm sure everybody wants to know. That's one thing that you think about when you, you, someone tells you they're going to become a priest. Sorry, you're just checking your phone there. What, well, I've got anybody important. <laughs> we, have, we have prayer at 515. Right just, oh. <laughs> I just, I'm seeing how long this question's yeah. going to last. <laughs> what happens if you're late for prayer? Or do you get struck down or something? Uh, no, no. But, you, you know, it's, point again, it's, it, it's, a, it's become part of my daily routine right. and a good one. You know, we, 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 begin, we begin prayers at 730. We're breakfast at 7, 730 prayer. You have breakfast with everybody? Yes. Do you, do you live in a dorm? We, we live in the seminary at Notre Dame. On, uh, you live in a Carrollton. dorm? Oh, yeah. Yes, nice. dorm, private rooms, that. dormitory setting. 47 years old. And you're yes, I'm a, a college kid again. So. <laughs> Fun. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's, that's pretty exciting. Well, oh, it is. It seminary, but, Do you yeah. have a little mini dorm fridge and a little hot I haven't plate gotten my little fridge oh. yet, but a lot, of, a lot of the guys have their, their little refrigerators. And what so. did you live in before you went off to the seminary there? You had a house. Yes. What part of the city did you uh, live in? Here uptown. You have a house uptown? Yes. And like a big couple of two or three bedroom house with a... Uh, well, you know... At, it wasn't on St. Charles Avenue. But no. it's a nice house. Yes. You made a bit of money and you bought a nice house. You know, it, uh, until Katrina came along, those were the things that were important. I think, I, have, I think we probably all have a similar story to what sure. Katrina did in our Absolutely. lives. And it was the fact that you could, you could have a big house, you could have three or four cars, you can have a ton of money in the bank and uh, a lot of things. And it can wash away your family's life, your family's home, mm-hmm. your home everything that you are, and then you're left with who you are. Mm-hmm. And then you're sitting in that room and, and cut off, examining that and putting it to paper, putting it to words or making sense of it. And that for me was what I did in the church. But I didn't do it, you know, I did it through what I began ushering. I began working with the Legion of Mary, going to the 
rest, uh, retirement homes in our parish, hospitals, and I began to see in the faces of people that, that same vulnerability, but also that same real quality about them that just it drew me out. And I realized I, this is, I could be a lawyer, I could be dealing with that hell and with that uh, tearing people apart and I get paid, uh, or I can start trying to put things back together, including myself after that storm, and that's what began that process. So it's taken six years to, for me to get to, to where I am in the seminary, but, you know, it culminated with Mother's Day, and I always tell this story because we, had, we were giving flowers out after Mass at St. Stephen's on Napoleon on Mother's Day, and we had five big buckets of flowers left over, and we think, what do we do? You know, it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon, everybody's left. Leave them here, throw them in the dumpster on Monday, or we decided we'd bring them around to the retirement homes that we normally visit after Mass on Sundays. A lot of the moms were in the day rooms, and they had been with their families the day before or earlier, and going around and giving them flowers, and they just had this look on their face like you had just given them the most wonderful thing you could ever have given them. And I just had the hair stand up on the back of my neck, and, and just I realized this is what I want to do Monday through Sunday. I don't need to be in an office. I don't need the money. I don't need the house. I, this is this that that what I just did for that person with God working through me on a on a total whim is something that I'd like to do every day and and that's what I called my priest and had this conversation that brought me right. to where I am right now. Wow, wow. I think what about that? Amazing. I think in a different way, that's what music's been for me. Mm-hmm. I've always you know prayed that whenever I sing or perform or whatever that it counts for something that it touches someone. If not, I'm not doing my job. And it, it gives you something as well. You know, it's, yes. it goes back to the inharmonic souls and what I always wanted a band to be about. It's something, because, you know, even a band is kind of like church because you get your congregation and people who are into whatever's going on. And there's a type of worship that comes with that whole scene, too. And For what I like about your name is, is it fits with that. I might be the F flat doing what I'm doing. <laughs> right. You're the G, whatever you said earlier. Right. <laughs> but we're... We're, right. we're, we're, we're same souls in a mm-hmm. different place in our lives. And it's about finding for yourself what that is and what's going to genuinely make you happy because the fact that you could leave law and go into the ministry because you felt like you got those chill bumps and you felt internally that's something you needed to step towards. That's what I think it's about. Yes. Yeah. Well, and after hearing you sing, it's also about making us happy because that was wonderful. And Appreciate that. So yeah, no, exactly. That's, that's you know... As many issues as I might have with religion, there is a, a certain amount of the, you know what we're talking about, you know, music and really things that people do that touch other people. That's and that's what I I grew up singing in church, and when I realized that, you know, one of those moments for me that really changed my life was realizing that through me I could move people and touch people, um, you know, out in in a church setting or outside a church setting. But that's that's the power of music. That's the power of, of faith. Faith. Yeah. Well, Skylar, you've changed your life completely as well. Many. So <laughs> let's, let's talk about that in just a moment. First of all, Yikes. let's talk to Mitch Foreman. Or not. Well, no, or not. not. <laughs> what happened to Mitch Foreman? He's getting another cocktail. He is? He's disappearing to get a cocktail. Okay. Well, let's talk about it right now then, Skylar, because Alrighty. you were an attorney. I was and, an attorney. And what do you do today here in New Orleans? Um, I... My partner came to New Orleans. Um, I wanted to be post Katrina. I had been down here beforehand. Came down shortly after to help friends coming back in um, get cleaned up and everything. Why? Why New Orleans? Did you come here to party before that? um, Actually, I 
One of my other things, I, I was an event planner, and I was working on a conference that was going to be down here. So we actually, my partners from Shreveport, we actually came down for um, Christmas holidays, stayed here a few days, went up to Shreveport, came back down for New Year's. The conference was the following February, came in a week early to take in Mardi Gras. That, I mean, it just, you right. know, just those few short visits, it really kind of got under my skin. But post-Katrina, was with, I was down here in October of '05 when they were really starting to let people back in. Having experienced New Orleans before then and then that soon after the storm and, and being part of people coming back and helping people clean up and all that, it, it, it just really got under my so skin. You, so you're just one of these, you were one of these people that, that changed our lives down here by just showing up and helping. Well, I... Without I, being too self-effacing I'm, about okay. it, that's really what you did, right? Well, I, I, you know, just I had at that point I had the sense that no matter what happened with the city, the next five or ten years was going to be a really interesting period in its mm-hmm. history, and I wanted to be part of that. So, you know, kept an eye out for you. Things. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's it's been a phenomenal experience. It is. Found, found our house on Craigslist. Found a job on Craigslist. You know, it, it was one of those things. I've, I've never despite my religious background i've always hesitated to buy into things are meant to be but this whole experience has just been a series and i've and Mm -hmm. i found even before then that things happen like that here that you know people are open and willing and want to help and want to do things and things just happen here in ways i don't think they do a lot of other places possibly because you made something happen here you made an attempt to come here for no other reason than to Granted. do good for other people and to try and enjoy your own life. Granted. And the same way that you've all been saying today, that, that you're looking yeah. for some happiness beyond just being a successful oh, yeah, exactly. attorney. Exactly. And what sort of a job did you find on Craigslist? <laughs> I, I, I became I the event coordinator at Antoine's <laughs> restaurant. And the um, event coordinator at Antoine's restaurant? Yes, sir. That sounds fancy. It, 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 it was interesting. <laughs> Antoine's is a very interesting place. Um, you know, still a, a family-owned business and all that that entails. It's um, very, very New Orleans. It, it, yes. And, you know, it was a great experience because thrown into the thick of things. And it's very traditional. A lot of, of local people whose families have their table at the restaurant and mm-hmm. their waiter. And sense it, of ownership. They, a very strong sense of ownership. But it was really getting, interesting getting and to know that and know who people were. What kind of events were you... Are you not uh, do, uh, you're not doing that anymore, I see, no, by the sound of the past no. tense. They fired no. you? Uh, they, no, no, no. They found out the truth? <laughs> not that time. The second time they fired me. Um, the did, first time... Did they no, really? it was... It, <laughs> my partner and I started a small bed and breakfast. That business was picking up. Things were pretty intense at Antoine's, so I made the decision to leave Antoine's and focus on building the bed and breakfast business. And how's it going? Uh, it, it's actually going better and better. I think and if we, I'm looking I think to we'll come probably to break even this year. Oh, that's great. So you've been um, losing money up to now for the last... Yeah, pretty so. much. I mean, it's... it's, it's um, what is it? Mostly, you... mostly because insurance is so expensive uh. here. You know, so we. I was going to say, why did you spend money on, on the property? But, well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 mainly the mortgage and the insurance that you know. Did you buy the house specifically to try and to turn it into? A yes, sir. Yes. Oh, so it wasn't just a little house that you. No, bought. no, oh, it was already kind oh. of the guy. The guy we bought it from had done it as a vacation rental, so it was kind of set up ready to do what we wanted to do, but no personality or 
comfort or anything and, like that. And it's so. just in case anyone's listening to this and they want to come <laughs> and stay there, it's called Chez Palmier. Chez Palmier, yes. And sir. how do you just spell that just in case people don't <laughs> well, speak it's French. French? It's French. It's C H E Z P A L M I E R S. And who were the Palmiers? Dot com. I'm sorry. <laughs> who were the who were the Palmiers that it's the Well, sh- it's they're they're the guy we bought the property from also owns the property next door, and he had planted a lot of palm trees. We're looking for a name, you know, and tried different things, maison, which didn't fit because it's a Creole cottage, so it's it's not a maison, you know, it's not a well, anyway. So that just kind of came somewhere. And one of the things about stuck. bed and breakfast that I really hate is that you have to in the morning when you stay there, you know, you stay there and it's great. You go out at night. And then you get up in the morning and you have to have breakfast with all these damn people. <laughs> I mostly have stayed in bed and breakfast in North Louisiana where the people are kind of like your Birmingham colleagues, mm-hmm. Kristen, and, and I'm like the absolute freak. Right. And it's, everyone's sitting there at breakfast and nobody's talking. We've, and all you hear is this clinking of glasses We've been really fortunate. We've... We've had you very need to add a bed and breakfast segment <laughs> at his, his I haven't uh, house of Paul. I haven't stayed at a wild bed and breakfast place yeah. down the French Quarter. It's, of the it's, we've, we've been really fortunate to to have attracted really good clientele, really good um, guests. Uh, so, do you make them have breakfast with you in the morning? No, no. And actually, <laughs> New Orleans has some Def- really quirky little regulations concerning bed and breakfast. One of them is bed and breakfast, smaller bed and breakfast. Um, one to six rooms, I think it is, mm-hmm. you're not permitted to serve anything prepared on the premises. So the most you can technically legally do is a continental-style breakfast. Um, so You're not allowed to, to make any eggs mm-hmm. for them? No. What? what the hell is up with that? Oh, gosh, like I'm probably going to get myself in trouble here. No, no, we won't. So going back 15, 20 years, they, there were a number of bed and breakfasts in town. They were trying to shut them down. The hospitality industry was trying to shut them the down. The hotel people. Exactly. Right. Um, so the bed and breakfast owners found uh, an open ear at City Hall and started inviting people out to their places, showing them what they were doing, that kind of thing. So the city decided to develop regulations to license bed and breakfast. There was still a very strong influence from the restaurant and hotel industry here, so there are some really quirky things, that being one of them. So what do you serve for breakfast? A croissant and a We do we actually do a pretty nice spread. We you know, we go to some artisan bakeries to get breads, we have croissants, you know, um, bagels, muffins, um, we've got Bender's Bakery bakery just down the street we'll go buy some fresh things from them we put out cheese fruits we always do kind of seasonal things yes Mm. you you can actually buy something cooked and warm it up but what if you you cooked it at the house not like put it in the oven is that what it is what what if you cooked it at the house next door mr Mr. palmier's (laughs) original house well i I suppose we could do that i well that's the most not that we would not that i'm saying that we would (laughs) no but 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 you don't do you do you sit there and entertain the guests and there's not this awkward silence no we no we i mean we pop in when we hear people up and about you know we'll pop in and we'll chat with them like you kind of learn to read people a little bit Hmm. some people you know have to have their coffee before they're ready to communicate or whatever um so we'll chat a little bit but then you know we kind of fade into the background and let them right. do what they want to do what about chad checking his phone again what's <laughs> he's what, got to go pray he's calling you do you have to get out of here the, the, good lord. the lord is calling yes Jesus. Jesus. 
Yes. Jesus is on the okay. main line. I do highly recommend, <laughs> and I do highly recommend, pray it, pray it through like you're saying in your song. It does, it does bring great miracles to your life when you can talk to God, especially when you do it every day and frequently. I wish that was true. It's been true for me. <laughs> that would be, be fantastic if that really happened. It's been true for oh you. Yeah. It's been true. You actually had a miracle. <laughs> yes. You know, what, is this, what is this thing around your neck that's like a, oh, it's a, a St. Christopher or something? It's a miraculous medal. It is a miracle is medal. A, yeah. Well, who is it? I it can't is see. Uh, Mary. Right. A miraculous, uh, oh, I see. A, it's Mother Mary. It's Jesus' mom. Yes. If you go to... Uh, and there's a story behind this that I don't have time to tell, but if you go to St. Stephen's... Okay, well, <laughs> thanks. Is it a good story? If you, yes, it is. If you go to St. Stephen's on Napoleon Avenue, which is Good Shepherd Parish, yeah. the, the, the uh, right side as you're standing in the entrance of the church tells the story of the Daughters of Charity and the vision that led to this medal, including the, the final window, stained glass window, the beautiful windows. They're beautiful to go see, but it gives a vision, a picture ah. of the, depicts the vision. Okay, and... I guess it'll get us in the church. Yes, we'll that's, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. And do you, are you really? Do you think spreading the word is part of the deal? You know, I, I if it's in you, it it is just it's it's like music. If you if you don't sing, you're not a musician. You're not a singer. I think people, well, anybody, but speaking along religious lines, people have their different callings. You know, there are people who are called to preach, people who are be priests, people who just live their lives as an example, people who go to the retirement, you know, it's, it's like there's, I, I think, I think God calls on your strengths, and, you know. You still believe in God? Music. Skyler? Hey, that's a tough one. I'm not, I'm, well, I'm I, not I wouldn't have brought sure. it up if you hadn't said it. <laughs> you said God um, is calling on you. Well, you know, it's, I kind of flip-flop back and forth through a lot of the, you know, things that I was raised on that are still in there. I, you know, can't it, reject everything. Can't, no. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, what the, a lot of the truths and the principles that I was raised on are really great things for living a good life and being a good person. And I think, you know, over the years, while my... my faith in, in, in a God and that kind of things have changed, those, I've held on to those things. Um, and You've held on to the bits that you liked and that meant something to you. And Well, even some of the bits I don't dancing. like, but still, they're good things that, you know, hmm. to, to live by. So They are. What about another song, do you think? Sure. Okay. This song is called Drink to You, and I wrote this tune not that long ago. Um, is it about drinking? It is not. It is, but it is not. <laughs> um, yeah, it's metaphorically. Metaphorically, yeah. um, I was dating a guy for like six years, and I broke up with him. And so then after wow. that, I wrote this song. Wow! Yeah. You decided. You and Adele. Huh? Yeah, me and <laughs> the Adele. Breakup songs. Yeah, but she's making a lot more money off her breakup song. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. <laughs> we don't care about making. We don't a care lot about money any here. money here. Table. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Shifted inside. I'm not the same tree you used to see when 
you agree, gentlemen? Yes. Yes. Definitely. Thank you. I, just, I really love the sound of your voice. I appreciate that it's a lot. Just a really interesting quality to it. Thank you. Yes. What was wrong with that guy that you had to break up with him? It took you six <laughs> well, years to figure out. Six it was gay. Years, yeah. <laughs> he had a lover. <laughs> what, uh, what took you six years to figure out, really? Um, you know, sometimes exactly what the song says, like, I thought this is what I wanted. It was like this, like goal for me because every guy I dated before was like oh we need to get married I'm so in love and he kind of was like sleeping on it a little bit like uh, whatever like for a while he could take it or leave it and that really intrigued me because I will steamroll the man <laughs> I'm like okay that's the secret yeah yeah Hard act like get. you don't give Hard to get yep. yeah. right so I'm like okay I worked at it for six years and then by the time he was like finally in a place where he could give me everything I need and all these things I thought I wanted I was done <laughs> I was like, the oh, end. <laughs> how, how did he feel about that? He didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. But he's a great no person doubt. and a good friend, and everything's great. It was a very good way that it ended because we both ended up respecting each other, and it wasn't ugly. We'd broken That's up awesome. so many times in between those six years that by the time we actually did it for real, it was just like, <laughs> you know what? I love you. I hope everything works out great. That wasn't Daryl. Awesome. It wasn't. No. <laughs> It was not. We so had no past. Did he, so how did you guys meet? Did you just meet professionally? Um, yeah, my, my bass player is actually a friend of his, and Daryl had sat in with us. Um, for one of our gigs, our drummer didn't show up, couldn't make it. Daryl sat in with us, and um, a year and a half or so later, our drummer quit, and he's actually a new addition to the band. Okay. Yeah. Welcome to the Inharmonic Souls. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, we look forward to hearing more from the Inharmonic Souls, that's for sure. Now, do you guys have uh, records that are available? We do. Um, you can find us at inharmonicsouls.com, and that will send you a link to our Twitter and our Facebook. We're also on iTunes. You can download our album for free. 
It's yeah, what? for free. I was going to ask you two yeah. questions. Sure. Well, one is, why are you giving it away like that? I saw that well, on the website today. Well, we initially weren't giving it away. We were selling it for like 10 bucks. Um, we still sell like our hard copies at shows for $10. Um, but it was just, it became more important for us to get the music get out. out there. Right. Um, and, yep. you know, it's our very first album. It's 14 songs. It was just like me like throwing up on an album, you know, it was my first attempt to, <laughs> to make a record, and I had no idea what I was doing. So. Are these songs that you sang today on that album? Um, first one. Peace With Myself Is, which is the title of the album, is Making Peace With Inharmonic Souls, and the song that I just sang will be on our next album, which is going to be called Voodoo Magic. And that's going to be costing a little more than free. Hopefully Otherwise, we, you're not going to be making yeah. a living at all doing this. Exactly. We're, we're trying to make um, I'd living. pay for it. Well, I appreciate that. And you play live around New Orleans? We do. We just had a show um, at La Maison um, last week, and then we played at House of Blues before that. October 4th, we'll be at Siberia. October 7th, we'll be at uh, 12 Bar on Fulton Street. When are you going to be on Frenchman? Um, next time we're on Frenchman is going to be during Halloween. Okay. We're trying, to, we're trying to set up a gig for the 30th. Are you booking all these yourself, Kristen? Are you the brains behind the whole thing? Um, between myself and our guitarist it's we've done most of the booking and you know trying to make things happen i guess yeah and how long have you had that thing on your lip the lip piercing <laughs> yeah. uh, about three years was that painful yes really it was mine was not you've got no. one too yeah yeah he does no, of all my piercings, got, that was the worst. That was the worst? Mm-hmm. All the Jeff, piercings. Mm-hmm. You've got other ones. Yeah. <laughs> you got the... Here we go. Here. Oh, my God. That's yeah. right through your chest. <laughs> it's like a stab wound. But it's With a, a pretty on stab it. wound. What does it go into? It's, a, it's bone? a tattoo, isn't it? It's a tattoo. Yeah. But I thought it was a... No, it's in there. It's a tattoo. It's a star tattoo with an actual diamond in the middle of it. Yeah. I'm going to take a photo of that to <laughs> put it up that. on our, our Facebook page. <laughs> Any other tattoos? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I should be off the prayer. <laughs> <laughs> what's, uh, what's the position on tattoos and piercings from the Catholic Church? Uh, I, don't, I don't know that. I don't have one. I don't know that there is one. <laughs> I don't think there probably is. I mean, Jesus, after all, was you know, crucified. Well, if you, he you was can't, pierced. You can't be he against pierced. You can't yeah. be True. against, uh, I guess, self-mutilation. I think is a bit Jesus different. would have been chilling with the people that were tatted up and pierced and all that. He, he would have been right. hanging. He would have been understanding. Right. He wouldn't have been checking his cell phone every five minutes. No. He was, he was, <laughs> He's got to go. On a, a web radio <laughs> show, I bet you that. <laughs> so, Chad, I'm going to let you go now. We are going to have to wrap this up. Thanks so much for coming in, Chad. And I, it's amazing what you've done. You've Thank changed you. your life. Yes. And I guess you're going to change a lot more people's lives in the course of the next 40 years. Well, God willing, and I get another 40. That's good. That'll be great. <laughs> I'm going to grant you another awesome. 40. <laughs> Thank as you. long as you keep wearing that miracle medal. Yes. yes. Miraculous medal. <laughs> miraculous medal. I don't, I don't have a website, but any Sunday, find a church, be there, and you can, awesome. you can, you can connect. Thank Sounds you. Sounds good. Well put. Skylar Hoffman, thank you for joining us My too pleasure. here on, on Happy Hour. And we can see you at Chez Palmier. That's your full-time gig now. That's how um, you're looking after people. Well, that's, yeah, I, I do a couple other things on the side. Like I mm. say, it's just starting to get to the point where it's paying for itself, maybe make a little money this year. Um, I produce newsletters for a woman in France, and I do a little writing and editing work on the side as well. But all we stuff I can do from home. So when I we, take my breaks, I go jump in the pool and 
You have a pool and everything. I have a pool, yes. Well, perhaps we'll come over. Yeah. Anytime. Pool party anytime. at the pool party. That sounds good. At the pool party. And Daryl Pochet and Kristen Bradford, collectively yes. known as part of Enharmonic Souls. Thank yes, you so much for joining us here. Thank you. On Happy Hour today. For Mitch Foreman, I'm Grant Morris, producers of the show. Our Melinda Hawes and Trish Kaufman, our executive producer, is Tanya Castellanos. Mitch Cryer is our technical director, and our music director is Christian Unruh. Our web designer and link to the real world is Cliff Brigden. Our theme music was written and is being played for by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about an hour and speak probably mostly English, drop us a line at itsneworleans at gmail.com. Our show is recorded live at the Columns Hotel on St. Charles Avenue, a great place to come and stay and a great place to come down and have a drink anytime you're in New Orleans. Check out our other happy hour shows on our website under podcasts on itsneworleans.com and our other shows as well, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti and Kathy Finn live at Commander's Palace and coming soon our new show Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Paycheck. Keep up with us by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook, following us on Twitter, and you can subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. I'm Grant Morris. Until next time we meet, thanks for joining us on Happy Hour.